You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week we are going to dive a little bit deeper into one of the questions that I received on my last uh, listener Q&A segment a few episodes back. Um, The question was specifically about how to van with dogs, and I've been vanning with my dog for almost two years now, and I've picked up a few nuances here and there that I want to share with you. Um, Please keep in mind that, as usual, what works for me might not work for you. Your needs are different, your dog is different, your van is different, everything will be a little bit different. So I hope that what I share with you is useful and um, valuable information, maybe makes you think about things in a different way than you've thought about them before. (laughs) My dog is right here and it's a van, so every time she moves you could probably hear it. (laughs) Every time she shifts her weight, it shifts the van as a whole, but um, this whole episode is about dogs. So yeah, I hope that what I share is is helpful and relevant, makes you think about things maybe in a little bit different kind of way, and um, ultimately gives you a little bit more confidence to uh, pursue life on the road. So let's just start off with a little bit of background for me and my dog and our situation. Uh, my dog is Mona Lisa. She is a 12-year-old New Mexico brown dog. Um, Basically, she's just a mutt, and I have no idea what her breeds are. Um, There are a lot of mutts in New Mexico who look like her, standard uh, brown dog appearance. Um, Plus, I was living in New Mexico when she came into my life. Uh, We have been together since she was just the skinniest little bag of bones I've ever seen. Um, She was about six weeks old. I was like 18. We were both very young. Um, But we've been together ever since. So... I know her nuances and like what makes her tick and what makes her anxious and what makes her calm down. Um, She knows the difference between my serious voice and my playing around voice. Um, She definitely knows how to manipulate my feelings and get what she wants. And I know how to communicate with her in such a way that I can get what I need across as well. Her jobs in the van include Uh, protecting the house and protecting me, giving us a lot of cuddles when we need, and doing the dishes. And my jobs are basically everything else, (laughs) keeping us both, like, fed and warm and clean and on the road. Um, Basically, we've been together for over a decade, and so, like, we're not new to each other, uh, which I think gave us, in some ways, a leg up to the experience. Um, But it also could have been uh, kind of a handicap as well. When I was planning on moving into the van and hitting the road, I never had any doubt in my mind that she would be a really awesome road dog. I knew she was going to love the experience. It did not occur to me that she could potentially not love the experience. Um, She's always been really good in the car. She's really good on adventures. She likes to be with me as much as possible. So, you know, when I lived in an apartment, I would leave her at the apartment while I went out and you know, went to work or went to hang out with friends or, you know, whatever event I was doing. Um, So she would actually be home more than she would be with me than she is in the van. We're together 24-7 now. So I really wasn't worried about it at all. 
uh, but then I watched this documentary and if you're not watching the uh, the video version I, I said that in air quotes um, documentary about a, a couple who built out a school bus um, and then traveled North America in it with their Burmese mountain dog um, and I had a lot of problems with the quote-unquote documentary uh, as a whole but this one part stuck out um, and that was when the couple was traveling through the southern states and northern Mexico uh, their dog had some very serious like physical and mental health issues um, and was basically like so stressed out that he was just like looking for a place to die. Um, the constant travel and uncertainty and all of that got to him and it didn't work out for this dog at all really. And so it was pretty dramatic um, and it made me kind of rethink my entire van plan. Like, like I said, it hadn't even occurred to me that Lisa would not absolutely love living in a van. And now all of a sudden there was the potential that she might not absolutely love living in a van. Um, so when we first moved into the van in January of 2019, uh, I watched her like a hawk. Like I've always been like an overprotective dog mom, but I was really, really, really an overprotective dog mom those first few weeks because I wanted to know if she was behaving normally, if she was stressed out, like if she, like the second she wasn't enjoying it, I wanted to know so that I didn't put her through the ringer like I had seen happen to this other dog. And I mean, ultimately she did great. Like she didn't get stressed out. She didn't get nervous. And all of my previous beliefs and assumptions had been correct. Like she loves being in the car. She loves going on adventures. She gets to be with me even more than she's ever been with me before. And it just is winning, winning all the way around. So based on the last two years of our living in the van and traveling the United States, I've picked up on a few things, I've dialed in on like what works for us, um, and I want to share those with you. So the very first thing, absolutely the number one thing that you need to think about when you're moving into a van with a dog or any kind of rig with a dog or doing nomading with a dog or even just having a dog is that you need to know your dog. For example, like very... Uh, rig specific like some dogs get really anxious in the car because car rides lead to vet visits right and some dogs like totally lose their shit when they get in a car because car rides lead to dog parks and so there can be this huge spectrum where some dogs are very anti-car and some dogs are very pro-car and knowing that about your own dog will make a huge difference in uh, your and their experience living in a vehicle um my tip for you, uh, having, you know, had dogs my whole life and fostered many, many dogs, if your dog falls into the former category and, like, does get anxious and, like, hates car rides and gets really, really nervous, um, you need to be trying to recondition them uh, months prior to actually moving into your rig. So one way to do this, and I'm not a dog trainer, I'm not an animal professional, I'm not a vet, um, disclaimers all over the place, but what I've seen work and what I have done with other dogs who didn't like car rides as much as Lisa, um, is the following. You basically take the dog out to your car. You have your treats or your toys or whatever it is that your dog is the most interested in. You open the door, you put the dog in the car, you let the dog out of the car. <laughs> you put the dog in the car, you let the dog out of the car and you give him treats and toys and praise and pets and love and all of this stuff all along the way. And eventually you put them in the car, 
you close the door and then you open the door and you let them out of the car and you do that over and over again. <laughs> I think you're starting to get the point. And then eventually when you do start taking them for drives, make sure they're very short, um, maybe just around the block or maybe just, you know, a couple of minutes to a nearby park, whether that be like a dog park or a park where they can run and play fetch or um, a hiking trail or something like that. Basically, you want them to start associating the car with super fun things. So keep it short, keep it brief, keep it rewarding, um, and make sure it's fun for them. And eventually, hopefully, they should start to enjoy the car and look forward to it and think like, ooh, maybe we're going someplace cool now. And even if they never get excited about it, at least maybe they won't be so heartbroken about it at the same time. In the vein of knowing your dog also, some dogs will need a ton of exercise. If it's a very young dog or a very athletic dog, certain breeds, certain personalities just need more activity and more energy than others. And some dogs, again, whether age or breed specific, can sleep all day long. And neither is better or worse, but you need to know what kind of dog you have. Because if your if your dog, if your canine, if your pet, if your co-pilot needs like hours and hours and hours of like running and hiking and you know exercise and all of that that will dictate your travel plans you won't necessarily want to drive eight hours a day if your dog needs to be running four hours a day you know what i mean like if your dog can sleep all day like yahtzee you drive all you want but your dog's energy requirements will definitely determine where you go how you get there um, how much you drive and even uh, to some degree the layout of your rig as a whole Another thing that you need to know about your dog specifically and other dogs in general um, is whether your dog is one of those like happy-go-lucky, loves everyone, um, loves all other dogs and kids and adults and cats and even squirrels or chickens. Like if your dog is super uber uber friendly, extroverted, loves everyone, or if your dog is more like one human oriented. Um, Lisa is a very, like, pretty antisocial one-woman pup, and sometimes this can affect where we go and where we camp especially. Uh, I want to give her plenty of space to feel safe um, and confident and comfortable, and being really close to other people and especially close to other dogs makes her more on edge, stressed out, more reactive, etc., when we're camping in places where there are other people around and especially other dogs, I have to keep her on a leash and she and I both prefer when she's off leash. But you know, if there's other dogs around, we don't know those dogs. Uh, she doesn't know those dogs and she's not always as friendly as some dogs are. Very important PSA, uh, and I will soapbox about this all damn day long. If your dog is one of the friendly ones, this does not give you any license to have your dog off leash at all times. Um, your happy, friendly, um, off leash dog doesn't need to be running up to a leashed, potentially unfriendly dog or human. Keep your dogs on leashes when there are other people around. If they are not under really, really, really good voice command, your dog should not be off a leash when there are other dogs and humans around. Some humans really, really hate dogs and are afraid of them. And some dogs are really afraid of other dogs. So like, I'm glad that yours is happy and, and loves everyone all of the time, but like mine is protective and doesn't react well to dogs or people like rushing up on her, no matter how happy they are. Like, for example, if you saw me on the street and you ran up to me and, you know, wanted to like 
come at me really fast and excited, like I might punch you in the face, <laughs> you know? And so my dog might also punch you or your dog in the face, you know, in her own way, um, if you do that. So general PSA, if there's other people and dogs around and your dog is not perfect under voice command, keep it on a freaking leash. <laughs> also, the small things matter when it comes to knowing your dog. Like, is your dog going to get car sick after scarfing down breakfast? Because that might factor into your travel days, your morning routine. Um, if your dog sheds a ton, uh, maybe stay away from like velvet and corduroy and other like clingy fabrics when you're upholstering your furniture. Um, the number one thing to determining the best way to travel with your pet is to know your pet. And there's some things that you're not going to know until you get on the road. But the more you know, the better. And so, you know, if you haven't had your pet that long before you get on the road, or you get on the road and then get a pet, you have to pay a lot of attention to your pet's nuances and personality and all of that sort of thing so that you can ensure that both of you, or all of you if there are multiple, are living your best lives and having the best time that you possibly can. The second really important tip that I would hand out to people is to really keep tabs on the temperatures. This one is huge, um, and it comes down to knowing the temps outside of the rig, inside of the rig, your dog's personal tolerance for heat or cold, their hair length, whether they have an undercoat, if they're willing to wear sweaters, um, etc. Like, we all know not to leave dogs in hot cars, right? Everybody knows that. Don't leave a dog in a hot car because cars heat up a lot faster um, than a lot of other things, and so... Like, if the temperature outside is 75 degrees, it could still be 100 degrees in your vehicle, even with the windows cracked. Uh, vans are very similar. Although, depending on your build, the rate of heat transfer might vary. Um, it might be a little bit slower. And that kind of comes down to whether you have windows. Uh, like I do, I have windows all the way around the van, so it does heat up rather quickly in here. Um, or if you don't have windows, if you have insulation, if you don't have insulation etc, etc. All of that can kind of slow down the, the heat transfer, whether it's cold or hot. But like, it's going to happen eventually, regardless. There's no way to prevent heat transfer when you're living in a van or an RV or whatever. Um, if you're traveling in the summer, keeping the van cool will be the most important. If you're traveling in the winter, keeping your pup warm uh, will be the most important. Um, as far as traveling in the summer, Proper air circulation is critical. It will really impact the van's ability to stay cool. Um, proper air circulation can be achieved through strategically placed and opened windows, um, a good vent fan or two. Um, I personally have a Max Air uh, vent fan in my rig that I will link um, in the description. Um, and I picked it because my research showed that it was one of the best ones for vans if you have a dog. Um, and like plenty of window coverings for whatever windows you do have, um, like my Reflectix cutouts or if you have curtains or like other blocking materials. Put all those up, keep the van cool. As far as keeping rigs warm in the winter, again, Reflectix curtains, window blocking, um, accessories will keep the heat inside as well as, you know, creating heat on the inside with like a propane stove or a propane heater or having a lot of extra blankets or sweaters or jackets. Um, I have a dog bed for Lisa that again, I will link. I will link any product that I mention um, 
in the description, but I got her the bed that she has now specifically because it was a heat reflecting um, bed because we were spending a lot of time in Colorado in the winter um, and she was getting cold. So this bed has some kind of like, like the reflective material that's on the insides of puffy jackets um, embedded in the fabric somewhere. So when she lays on it, her heat transfers back to her. Um, but also I have a jacket for her that I put on her when it's really, really cold out. And the jacket also doubles. Um, I will put it on her when we're hanging out in a wilderness area during hunting season um, because she kind of looks like a coyote sometimes. And I don't want her to be mistaken for a coyote by a hunter. Um, so the jacket has double duty, keeping her warm and keeping her safe. The third tip uh, that I would give to anybody considering traveling with a dog is to really do your research. National parks are a huge draw for people, especially, um, you know, the first year you're in a van, you want to do all this traveling. And national parks are great. The destinations are awesome. The photos you can get there are fantastic. The history, the hiking, but they aren't very dog friendly. Most national parks are not dog friendly in most, but not all. Dogs can be in the car or they can be on pavement. Um, dogs can kind of be anywhere cars can go, but they can't be on backcountry trails or anything like that. And then in some parks, in some national parks, you can't even have a dog in the car. So that you need to know. And there are some parks like um, Petrified Forest um, that are dog friendly and do allow dogs on the trails. But you really should do your research before you go someplace because uh, it, would, it would really suck to drive hundreds of miles over a lot of days to get to this really epic spot that you've been super looking forward to and you're so excited to see it just to like get there and find out that your pup can't like go on the hike with you and you don't want to leave him in the car for probably a million reasons maybe it's too hot maybe it's too cold maybe it's too long of a hike who knows um and then like your whole plans get derailed so do as much research as you can before you uh, get to a place to make sure that your dog can actually do the activities that you want your dog to be able to do with you. National forests are a much better option um, if you're looking to get some outdoor adventures with your pup uh, versus national parks, etc. And uh, if you want some easy ways to determine like dog-friendly locations, there are a few websites you can check out and I will again link to those in the description. They specify in like dog-friendly businesses or parks or whatever in this city or this part of the country. They're largely crowdsourced, um, and so they're not always the most comprehensive guides, um, and they might not necessarily be 100% reliable, but they are a really good starting point for trip planning. And the fourth tip uh, that I would recommend would be to have the right gear. As with most adventures, having the right gear uh, can be a huge component in how much you actually enjoy your adventure. I'm not one of those dog moms who's always had like a full closet full of like clothes for my dog um, or like a huge toy box full of like balls and stuffed animals and chew toys and all of that. I do have some really like dog specific products that I have acquired over the years that have really come in clutch for our lifestyle. And so I will share those with you now. Uh, the first one is our no spill water bowl. I was really skeptical of these at first, to be honest with you, because I was like, why do I need a whole special bowl? Every time I've road tripped with my dog before, I carry a bowl and I carry water. And then when we park, I take out the bowl and I take out the water. So that's what I'm going to do in the van. I don't even need to get a no spill bowl. That's dumb. 
it's just an extra thing that I don't need to spend money on. But then when I actually got one, it was a pretty immediate convert. Um, I can leave water in there all the time. She does actually take drinks of water while I'm driving all of the time. She doesn't just wait till we park, which is really nice. So with the, with the no-spill bowl, she can drink water while we're driving, which she does all the time. Um, and that's another personal choice that I make. little segue, a little side note here. I don't put her in a crate when we drive. Some people do. Some people make their whole van build around dog crates. I let her roam in the van. She usually hangs out on my passenger seat with me. Sometimes she comes back to the bed area. Um, but yeah, that's personal choice. I'm not going to get into the politics of that at all. You decide what's best for you. But as a result of her being able to wander, the no-spill water bowl really comes in clutch. I can leave water in there for her at all times. I fill it up when it's empty. She can have water whenever she wants. And it mostly doesn't spill. It will spill water on occasion if I'm on like a really bumpy back road, but I mean, there's they're not magic. There's only so much you can expect if you're going to be on bumpy back roads. The next piece of gear that I've had for a really long time that I'm in love with is her backpack. Um, and backpacks are for more than just backpacking with your dogs. Like, if you're going on a day hike, you can have them carry snacks or carry water, um, either for you or for them. And like if you have a really rambunctious pup, like when Lisa was a baby or uh, some other dogs, like I said earlier, who have all of that high energy, sometimes just like weighting the backpack down and making them wear it while you go do normal activities will exhaust them a little bit faster than they would be otherwise. So a uh, pro parenting tip from me to you. Backpacks for high, high energy dogs. I am also a huge fan of the new voided blankets that we have. Um, they are lightweight, they are very warm, um, and they are resistant to dog hair. So Lisa can lay on them all day, shed all she wants on them, and I just have to shake them out and then they're clean. I don't even have to like launder them. It's magic. It is amazing. I am in love. I have a 20% off coupon for you in the comments if you are interested in them as well. Another piece of gear that is not necessarily van-specific, but dog-specific, is the hands-free leash that I have for Lisa. I've got a no-pull harness for her because she is one of those dogs who likes to pull a lot. She gets very excited. But this hands-free leash is really nice because it's got kind of a bungee material, so she doesn't pull quite as hard. Um, and then also it comes in, it has a couple of clips on it, so I can change the length of it so she can be farther away from me or closer to me. When we go running, I don't have to hold the leash. I can let my arms do whatever the fuck my arms want to do. It's really good for uh, my photography as well. I don't have to worry about holding her and trying to take a picture at the same time. Um, and then the hands-free leash, I can also clip to the van, to the step that's outside, or to one of the um, door handle locky thingies that are on the inside of the door. I don't know what they're called. But I can basically clip the leash to anything that's clippable and then she is stationary. I don't have to worry about her anymore. So those are my basic overview tips for having a dog in a van. If you have additional questions about how I make it work, don't hesitate to reach out. Send me an email or a message on social media or whatever. Um, I'm more than happy to share what works for us. I could talk about my dog all damn day. I won't because this is a podcast and you don't want to listen to me talk about my dog for three hours, but I could. Um, that being said, thank you for tuning in to the Deliberate Living Podcast. Again, if you got value out of this episode, 
please go ahead and give it five stars on whatever podcasting app you use. Uh, Getting more reviews and getting high reviews helps us be seen by more people who need this information. Um, If you know someone who is considering road tripping or moving into a vehicle with a dog, send them this episode, give them a heads up. Like these are some things you should be thinking about. Anybody who you think could be um, benefiting from this information, go ahead and share it with them. If you want to help offset some of the costs that go into producing this podcast, I do have a Venmo and a PayPal linked in the description as well. But mostly just keep tuning in, keep interacting, give it a thumbs up. Um, And uh, yeah, tune in next week for another awesome show. I hope you guys are having a great day. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living. And until then, keep your life on the DL too.